Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 209 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined today by my wonderful co-host, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How are you doing? Um, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> good Lord, you're a... Uh... You're, uh, uh, what's the word am I looking for? Uh, your system, your not health. Why am I thinking health system? My your immune system. Immune system. Thank you. Has, has been through it lately, huh? Well, I think the fact of the matter is, is that my immune system, much like me in general, has just become fat and lazy because of COVID. <laughs> and so, like, when a virus comes into my system, like, they kind of argue as to who's going to get up and deal with it. And mm. nobody really wants to. <laughs> and so, it's lasting two or three times longer than it really needs to because my immune system is fat lady ba- lazy bastards right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, guys, like if you're getting out there, I know like we're we're going back to mask mandates, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because forget COVID. There's so much stuff out there that's so much worse right now because our immune systems aren't used to it. Yes. Well, worse if you don't have the vaccine, of course. Right. Right. That's a whole different. (laughs) We just just don't talk about those people because as far as I'm concerned, those people can just go away. (laughs) Have you heard what their the, the latest name for them? Oh, God, I've heard a couple of good ones. Spreadnecks. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. That's that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and accurate. And very accurate. Yeah, that works on a few levels. Because um, at this point, people, there's no excuse to not have a vaccine. Like, there's just none. Like, right. like we, we have no more patience. We, we put in the 18 months of like solitude and yeah, we have been yeah. vaccinated and we have done everything we need to do. If you're able to, get to yeah, yeah. And you're healthy enough to get vaccinated. You should definitely be getting vaccinated. Yeah. And just know that if you're somebody who's immunocompromised and can't get vaccinated, we're never talking about you. We never, understand. No, 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 yes, no. of course. Right. You, you, <laughs> you will also be made safer by those who can be vaccinated, getting vaccinated. Exactly. Which is kind of the point. Um, so yeah, you're right, man. There's stuff going around because, uh, I got a little bit of a cold last week and I've known quite a few people who have gotten a really bad cold and or strep throat. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, another benefit of wearing a mask and, you know, washing your hands as much as possible is that you get to skip all that fun stuff too. This is my first week back at campus, and I swear right. I've been telling everybody, they're like, are you sick? Yeah, it's not COVID. <laughs> I tested, it's not COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so you uh you went ahead and and went into to work to do what you had to do for the start of the semester, huh? Yep, yep. Oh. My, my uh because <laughs> we we got back Tuesday and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday I went in to do freshman orientation stuff and then Friday evening I was like, "Oh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> I know what this feeling is." Oh, um god. Yesterday was hard because it was the like all day meeting thing. Mm-hmm. 
So that that was rough. Today wasn't as bad because today was just w- working in my classroom. But uh, did you see the pictures I posted? Yes, I did on Slack, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, if you are not part of Slack, you may want to head over there just for, for the pictures I posted. Because um, when I took over this job uh, uh, over a year ago, um, or about a year ago, I guess, uh, the person before me had left the the costume and prop room, a total disaster. And, you know, I get it. It's hard to keep things together when you're a theater teacher. Like Lord knows my classroom at my old school would become a disaster anytime there was a show going on. But I just kind of, I just kind of took for granted, you know, they, they had to shut down two weeks before their show went up. So yeah, I would throw everything into a closet as well. (laughs) <laughs> but when we went to hybrid and the kids started coming back, they'd look in the cupboard and they're like, oh, no, that's the way it usually is. Oh. And I, <laughs> I just don't understand. I just don't understand. So you can see the progression on Slack from how it was when I found it to my husband, my in-laws, and uh, our nephews coming in and like sort of cleaning up. Like we started cleaning out the room and we kept pulling out stuff. And pulling out stuff and pulling out stuff. And like at one point, my mother-in-law was like, it just never ends. Right. And so the next two pictures on there is, um, is you know, us just kind of spreading out in the, the black box theater with all the stuff. I actually had, because it was like three or four, it was a week before we left for our vacation and there was no time for me to go back and fix it. Jeez. So I had to go to my principal and go, Okay. <laughs> Just so you know, if you go into the black box, I don't intend to leave it that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're probably thinking it's an improvement over how yeah. it usually looked. Yeah. So That's- today I, I posted the picture, the after pictures. It took me about, I'd say, uh, overall about five hours. That's still a, a, it's a lot of phys, like strenuous physical activity when your your body's trying to recover from an illness. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. There were plenty of times where I was just like, I'm going to sit. Yeah. God. And and thank you to Lyle because he's my leverage buddy and I'm working my way through the, the le- leverage TV series. Right. And I threw that up on the big screen for a good portion of the day. So I was wondering I was, what that was. Yeah, it's leverage. It's oh, okay. it's like it's it's not complex television. It's just fun heist television. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why it gets ratings, probably. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, well, they they actually brought it back, so I'm trying to work through so I can see the new stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, but how about you? How have you been? I've been good since I feel like we just talked. When did we talk? Uh, about a week ago. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean. <sighs> We're getting ready to go back into the office full time, and uh, we've been sort of uh, gradually like increasing the number of days that per week that we are in the office. Right, so uh-huh, uh-huh. we were um, fully quarantined, work from home since God since last March, not this past March, but the March before, so over a year. Right, and then. My boss kind of, you know, he he was pretty good about he's pretty understanding. He was like, look, this is not these are not remote positions <laughs> that you all are in. So 
if we can't, you know, you all have done a great job of, of adjusting to, to the virtual, you know, recruitment, but if we can come back in, we, we should be back in. So, you know, starting in, I believe it was May, we started doing one day a week back in the office or was it June? No, it was May. And then in June, it was two days a week back in the office. And then July was three days. Uh, and August now is four days and that's it. That's, that's the plan going forward is that he is adjusting. They they're giving us one day a week work from home. Uh, cause they recognize that things have changed. Right. And right, so, right. you know, now there's all this, all this, um, I guess you could call it, um, not scaffolding, but like there's infrastructure around, you know, phone calls, meetings, tours, everything that can be done virtually. So, yeah. So we're supposed to be back in four days a week, you know, AKA full time on August. Uh, this is the first week of August. And last week we had, I believe two positive cases at work of COVID. Oh no. Yes. So the first case, I think they tried their best to just kind of go, Oh, you know, it's, it, when when did your test come back? When did you start feeling symptoms? Oh no, I don't. We don't think you were actually on campus at that. And we're like, uh, are you sure? Like, <laughs> how can you really tell? You know, I mean, there are precautions that need to be taken. No, no, we think it's going to be fine. And then literally, like days later, Joe, a second positive case, and they're like, uh, okay, everyone go home for the foreseeable future. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you're, so you're back. You're back at home not doing the back in person no we're back at home now at least for this week but we are you know waiting to hear and and the thing is i mean the numbers are not looking good (laughs) no they're not and like i we were like i was just on slack talking with some people and you know people are are i think i mentioned this in the last episode that there's there's vaccinated anger like there's the people who are vaccinated are just yeah. done. We're yeah. all just done. And my thing is, is like they just had like a hundred thousand people at Lollapalooza. How is that socially responsible? Right. It's absolutely not. And those pictures look insane. Insane. Right. They give me so much anxiety, those photos. Right. Nobody wearing masks. And I mean, like, supposedly everybody produced vaccination cards but at this point like with the delta variant like it's not a guarantee no it's not it's what is it like delta's like how many more times more contagious i want to say four oh i want to say more than that man but um it's it's tricky because it's more contagious but i you know if you're vaccinated it's less deadly Right. But it's, I mean, there's still a, there's a chance that you can get really sick. And now they're saying that even if you're vaccinated, your, your viral load of, of contagiousness is not diminished whatsoever by the vaccine. Right. Like you still have, like, if you get it, you can still spread it. Yes. It's about 55% more transmissible than alpha. So that's and and so you're it's still spreading like it's gonna and and it's no fun getting sick regardless like <laughs> oh no believe me I can <laughs> I can weigh in on that it's not fun so you know like it's 
Yeah, it's weird, man. And I really feel like I've, I've personally have felt this and I've, and I've come across a couple people expressing this. It's just a weird fucking time. I mean, it's, it's right. been a weird time for a while now, but right now feels like limbo. Right. There are people out and about that doesn't feel like safe or the right thing to do, but, but we did the right things and we got vaccinated, but then there are people that are just brazenly out and about and, 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 and it's like, you, you want to say, Hey, you shouldn't do that. But then it's like, well, but we should be able to, if we've done everything, you know, that we're supposed to or vaccinated, but now because of the, you know, what are they calling it? The pandemic of the unvaccinated. And it's, it's, you know, it's mostly people that are unvaccinated. And at this point, probably choosing to be unvaccinated that are, that are in hospitals and getting really sick and, and dying, unfortunately. Um, so, so masks are, mask mandates are back in effect. Um, you know, ICUs are packed, right? Yep. Which has an effect on everyone because now if something happens to me that's not COVID related, but that requires me to go to the hospital, or I need a bed. There's not a bed for me. Like I could die from something else. You know what well, I mean? You guys, like everybody remembers like two weeks into the, the pandemic, <coughs> like the, the lockdown, I was in the hospital for two weeks with pancreatitis, which right. is not a fun thing and can cause death <laughs> right? if, if gone unchecked. So, exactly. you know, it's like, this is, this is something that is very, very real. And I think like this could have been over a year ago, like yeah. this time last year, we could have been fine if people just did what they needed to do. The weird thing for me too, is like, as much as I, you know, am, completely fucking irritated by people that are not choosing to not get vaccinated. If I'm out and about as a vaccinated person and I'm carrying something that can go from one person to me to possibly someone that's choosing not to get vaccinated, I don't want to get that person sick. No. Like I don't want to cause someone to maybe die, even if they are being an idiot and choosing not to get vaccinated. You know what I mean? Right. So I feel complicit by leaving the house. And and when work is saying, hey, you got to come back in, I'm like, God, you know, I don't know. To me, it just feels like capitalism really doesn't give a fuck about, <laughs> about people dying, you know? So it's it's just a weird headspace. It's a weird place to be in. Um, today was particularly odd because I got up and I went right back to my quarantine regimen. Like it was so quick, so funny how quickly I went back to my routine of like, oh, I'm working from home this week. Like I know what to do. I know, you know, I kind of get my coffee and put on my favorite pair of sweatshorts and sit in the balcony and answer emails. It's just like you fall right back into that after doing it for a year. Right. Well, and, and I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on our end because, Again, I'm starting with students tomorrow. And so, you know, we, they have to wear masks inside. and But I know a lot of them will not be vaccinated. Yep. And it's going to be one of those situations where it's like, all right, this is just a, like like how long before they go up? You know, do exactly what your work did. And say, exactly. oh, we're going to have to go back. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> like it, it's so frustrating. Like, I... I'm doing a Midsummer Night's Dream this year for for the fall play, not because I want to, because it's not terribly intelligent. Like anybody who knows theater knows that when you're starting a program back up, 
you don't start with Shakespeare because the audience isn't going to get it. The students aren't going to love it. Like it really takes like grooming to get people to like, like Shakespeare, Mm. but I don't want to pay for something and find out I can't perform it. Right. Like I can't, I can't afford to do that. So like we're all making, as you said, we're in a holding pattern. We're all making decisions on, well, maybe they will, maybe they won't. It's so weird to be in this holding pattern, man. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go on about my, my business but at the same time, it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. No, it really doesn't. You it know, really, really doesn't. And so, um, yeah, we we are set to welcome students back to campus. Fortunately, we're a small school. Fortunately, we are taking a hybrid approach where classes that can remain online and not negatively impact the student experience will remain online, like general ed classes, liberal arts classes, writing classes, that sort of thing. Uh, the best way to learn art instruction is doing it in person like that in a small setting, like that's the best way. And that's what we're known for. Uh, And so we are having students back on campus and we are spreading them out, you know, uh, uh, amongst the, the empty rooms, you know, because of online hybrid classes. So we have more space to spread everyone out and try to make things as safe as possible. We have plexiglass up, we have all this stuff, you know, um, vaccines are, are, you know, required to show proof of vaccine to come to come to school unless you have I'm so glad they do that i wish they would do that everywhere it's tough to do man people you know people don't like it and and it's a it's it creates a whole nother hassle um so we don't like paying taxes have to do that there's plenty of stuff that being part of a society you just have to do yeah so um exactly and uh but I mean, I don't know. I I said this the other day in a meeting and maybe I was being a downer, but it's like, basically we're inviting COVID to our school, right? Like that's basically what we're doing. Like it's inevitable. Yeah. You know, uh, as soon as we brought employees back to campus, COVID came to campus. Like it's just, it's out there. It's out and about. And if you're out and about, you're going to have it and you're going to carry it. And that's just what it is. So what do we do? It's just it's just bizarre. It's a bizarre. I, I know this is supposed to be weekly geekery, but this is what I've been geeking out about this week. Uh, <laughs> this is this is what I've been spending way too much time thinking about and like just dealing with this week. You know, it's really really odd. Um, it's it's very it's very all consuming because you know those of us who have been doing what we're supposed to do. We're tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we're tired, and exactly. like I I don't want to I don't want to have to teach online again. I don't want to do it. Like. Our our principal said, "I felt I feel the mo- I feel bad for all the teachers, but I feel the most for the performing arts teachers, the science teachers, mm-hmm. and the PE teachers because mm-hmm. how do you teach those not? Yeah, person? yeah, yeah. So that a lot of my week has been spent, unfortunately, just dealing with this stuff and just like answering emails, addressing family concerns on both sides, mind you." You know, right, <laughs> like right, right, concerns right. on like, oh, we need to prove vaccination and concerns on, ugh, like, am I going to get COVID if I come to your school? You know what I mean? Um, right. Also, uh, Rosie moved in with me uh, last week. This oh, how fun. Yeah. So we officially live together now. Uh, and that dominated the last week for me. Like my place, our place, I should say now, was a a mess. It was just a disaster area and where it's livable now where we're, you know, uh, we're back to, you know, being able to actually enjoy the apartment, but there's still a lot 
of stuff to go through, stuff to get rid of, adjustments to make in terms of like furniture and storage and all that stuff. So that's a lot of that. And so because of all this stuff that I've been busy with, I also started a new mural in LA this past weekend. Um, (laughs) I know. Uh, it's, it's, uh, my buddy's, um, restaurant. He has a seafood restaurant in Silver Lake on sunset. And we actually planned this for last summer and it just didn't happen for obvious reasons. Right. And so, uh, we're this summer almost got away from us as well, but he's, you know, he hit me up and was, was like, can we please try to get this done before the fall? I'm like, yeah. So we started it last week. So I'll be working on a mural, uh, weekends for the next couple of weekends, probably trying to get it finished. The, the restaurant's called Playita. Um, and uh, that's what I've been doing while, while I'm, you know, answering emails and working from home and doing this stuff and organizing stuff. Um, we've taken a break from Marvel stuff, Rosie and I, since there's, you know, we're all caught up now. So we're waiting for the next thing, uh, which I believe is What If, correct? Yes. When does that start? Uh, any day now. We're in August. So What If literally starts any day now. Uh, but what we've been, oh, August 11th, um, literally next week, Joe, Nice. what we've been doing is she was like, okay, so we're waiting for Marvel stuff. Is there anything else I should be watching? And I'm like, yes, there is. Uh, (laughs) so we started Ozark. Oh dear God. (laughs) You recommended Ozark to me. Uh, or not recommended, but you told me about it. My cousins recommended Ozark to me. And I devoured all three seasons of that show last year. Like, I could not stop watching it. And I am somewhat addicted to that gross, panicky feeling that really suspenseful storytelling does to you. <laughs> all right. So what you need to do is you need to give Rosie my number. <laughs> And explain to her that anytime she's in trauma, that she can call and we can commiserate. Because I have never been stressed out by a show more than I have been by Ozark. Let me tell you. That was rough. How is she dealing with it? She's having a rough time. Uh, (laughs) But but she's hooked. So what happened was... I, I. couldn't wait to talk to you about this joke uh, because I mean, we've all hung out you and me and Rosie and Matt. So it's kind of funny how it's, Oh wow. Okay. You're, you're a lot like, Oh, that makes sense. And we're, you know, so close about <laughs> um, all my favorite people are the best. Um, and uh, the first season start and I, and I explained to her, look, <laughs> this show is a lot. It, it, it's brutal in its in its aesthetic and its you know uh, uh, storytelling. Um, God, I don't know pacing. Uh, just the the hits just keep coming. It doesn't pull punches, um, and and it starts fast. This is not one of those shows where it's like you got to give it three episodes. No, you'll know. No, <laughs> <laughs> you'll know fifteen minutes into the first episode if you're down for this or not. Um. And she, I mean, it's like a high. I don't know. It's like a rush. It's like she, she was like, oh my God. She instantly hooked Joe. She was like, oh my God, why, why have we waited so long to watch this show? Like she just, (laughs) we binged the first season, like in a matter of days Um, and she was exhilarated. And it's like, you know, it's like when the high is still new and fresh and fun, you know? 
until you realize that nothing good ever happens on this nothing like i have never watched a show where nothing positive happens to the characters (laughs) at all even breaking bad like even like uh walking dead walking dead yeah, but even then, I feel like you have these quiet moments of reprieve. <laughs> but you, but you don't, you don't have that in Ozark. No, you but don't. You, and with Breaking Bad, you have the like it's it's almost pumped up to eleven. It's so ridiculous that because they just make stupid decisions, right? And that's the thing with Ozark: the people don't make stupid decisions. They do the best that they can do with what they're given, and it never like the worst possible outcome of every decision they make. <laughs> Always the one that happens. That's so true. <laughs> to the it's point like, where you're like, I didn't think it, I thought it was going to be this bad, but it was actually so much worse. <laughs> it's out of the frying pan into the fire, out of the fire into the barbecue pit, out of the barbecue <laughs> pit into the oven, out of the oven into the fucking fireplace, out of the fireplace into the inferno, out of the inferno into hell. Like, that's like, really the trajectory of the show. And the devils, they're going to want nothing to do with this. Like, this is too much for me. So where we got to the second season, we finished the first season and she said, okay, I need a break. So we waited a few days. We had stuff to do murals to start and whatnot. And we just started the second season the other day. And I think we got through like two, maybe three episodes and she said, okay, I need a break. <laughs> uh, so we watched one episode the other night. She was like, I'm like, are you ready for some Ozark? And she was like, um, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what if we just do one episode? And she's like, and then I said, oh, we'll do something else. She's like, okay, let's, let's do that. So we did one episode and she was like, oh my God, that's enough. Okay. Like I can only do one episode tonight. And then uh, she's like, what else? What else can we do? And I was like, okay, let me see. Let me go through my list. Let's go through things that, you know, okay, everything is pretty dark and pretty heavy. Uh, so it's not really a reprieve from Ozark is by, I mean, it's definitely the darkest and the heaviest, but, right. you know, we don't want to stay <laughs> but in the she's living with Ray Vargas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, Mindhunter, no. Uh, I'm like, that's uh, a good, that's, a, that's an interesting show. Yeah, but it's still pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, So I thought, oh, we could watch Fleabag. And uh, she's like, what's that? I'm like, oh, you're going to love this. Um, Because it's funny. Uh (laughs) And it gets dark later, but it's funny. It has real pathos. And so we put on Fleabag and she just, she binged the first season. Like in Mm -hmm. like one one night, I think. And so she's right now watching season two of Fleabag in the other room. She nice. really likes it. So that's that's another thing that I've been geeking out on this week. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I haven't. We actually we didn't we didn't get into Fleabag. Um, I don't know why it was one of those that we kind of like tried an episode or two and we're like, eh, and we never get back to it. Uh, this is like Killing Eve turned to eleven. <laughs> that says a lot because Killing Eve is already turned up to eleven. <laughs> so I think after this, if she, you know, if she, she'll be primed to watch uh, season one of Killing Eve, which Phoebe Waller Bridge was the the showrunner for that show that first season. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. like 
I, I honestly, there's never been a show that I've had the reaction to that I've had a reaction to Ozark. Like, usually <laughs> I'm the one who's like, I can I can watch anything, no problem. Like that one, I I had the exact same response. I'm like, I I need a break. Like, can we not tonight? Let's watch something benign and yeah. goofy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have a lot of that in my repertoire, but I ain't goofy. I just don't. <laughs> uh, but that's that's what I've been up to. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, shall we shall we hop over? I mean, and again, apologies for for two things. One, I know I sound awful, and I apologize. It's just the way it is. If you want if you want this episode, this is what you get. And two, I know we started a little bit down, but I think every, it's on everybody's mind. It's been in chats that we've been in all week. So, you know, it is, as, as Ray said, it's what our week has been about. So that's why we shared this. There's no apologies for me. This is what the hell I've been thinking about <laughs> waiting to talk to you about because you're like, these podcasts are like my venting slash geeking sessions that I have with Joe, you know, we're, we're going to have so much t- fun next week. <laughs> like when Raven comes on, because next week Raven's coming on, we're going to talk about all the badness in the world. <laughs> oh God, that's right. With the oh, yes, yeah. So, so yeah, I think I think you will enjoy next week's episode. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump us over to commercial, and then uh, we will come back and finally talk about Black Widow. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. And we're back. And finally, we are sitting down to talk about Black Widow. I was not kidding the last time we recorded where I feel like it's very appropriate that we have taken so long to get this review out because they took so long to get this movie out. I was going to say, okay, Joe, let's uh, let's just get this out of the way, you know, after the fact, late and kind of past the point that it actually matters. Oh, wait. Oh, no. That was that was Marvel's approach to this. Never mind. That does not be our approach. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I, like, I'd say we start there. Like, <laughs> my, my biggest fear about this movie was that now that we've had Endgame, there was really not going to be any point for it. Like... I think if you go back and watch this in a rewatch and put it where it belongs, it'll be a nice, like, fun thing to add in there. But it doesn't do anything to enhance or change phase one through three, one through four, one through three, one through three. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything. And I realize it's a phase four movie, but it doesn't do anything to add to phase four. It's a phase two story. It's a phase <laughs> right? two story. 
basically honestly, what you're saying, Joe, is that this is a Black Widow annual. That's what we got. Yeah. Yeah. We got <laughs> we got it we got a an annual and it was okay. Like if this had happened multiple years ago, I think people have been like, oh, this is a great movie. This is one. But it it was unnecessary and it didn't like I'm going. I'm going to the end. <laughs> I'm going to the end of my feelings about this. The whole point is about family. The whole point of Endgame and her sacrifice in Endgame was family. You don't need this movie about family because you already got Endgame about family, and there's no point. <laughs> there's no point to this movie. Well, I fucking loved this movie. Did you? Oh my god, Joe. This is one of my favorite MCU movies. All yes. right, show your work. <laughs> <laughs> um I was not expecting that, by the way. <laughs> I went into this movie pretty much expecting what you just described. Like, why should I care about this? Right. And I think a couple things happened. Um one Nostalgia kicked in. I have okay. to admit, I am nostalgic after maybe it's it's maybe it's it's the the rewatch that we recently did. Uh-huh. Maybe it's going a year almost without any new Marvel movie releases. Maybe it's it's that feeling of finality that we had with with the awesomeness that was Endgame. That it just it was it was it was a very big goodbye and and true like ending to what we had experienced from Marvel up to that point and that we didn't even expect right like we uh-huh. watched we watched the formation the creation of a new way to tell cinematic like sit like movie stories right like you know, serialized movies and yeah, you know, Harry Potter. Sure. But this was like on an epic scale. Oh yeah. No, nobody's, nobody's done this because this is not like technically you can watch any movie in any order and it all fits. Like that's not the case for something like, like we've had trilogies before. Um, Harry Potter is just, you know, a few more than a a double trilogy. Like that's, yeah, but that's all under one author. Yeah. Right. The story, the books are there. It's nine movies. They're the same characters. They pulled it off, and that's great. But this is just on a whole other level. And watching this, I just felt it, it almost felt like I found a run of one of my favorite comics that I didn't realize I was missing. So it wasn't about like, you know what's going to happen in this story that has a lasting impact. It's almost like you, you mean I had one more adventure down there at the very bottom of the bin. And and I just noticed it now, like as I was getting ready to toss this bin out because it's empty, I, I was like, Oh my God, look, there's still one more adventure. That's what this felt like for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm glad you had that experience. I, I will say upfront that, my experience was not what I wanted it to be in the first place because I watched it on a computer screen in a hotel room in the middle of not feeling well. So oh, I shit. will I will say that that is probably coloring my experience a little bit, 
but I didn't have the best experience with it. So I will fully own that going into this review. Wait a minute. This is just dawning on me. I think this is the first movie I've seen in the theater in a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, may, my, maybe my experience has got a color too. Oh, shit. I think that's my – is that my first time? It's definitely the first movie that Rosie and I have seen together in a theater. Yeah, I know it's not the first movie I've seen in a theater, but I don't remember – I'm trying to remember what movie we did see. We enjoyed it. It was really nice to be back, but I but I haven't seen too many. I think maybe one or two and that's it. You saw In the Heights in the theater. That's what it was. Yeah, this is the first movie that I've seen in the theater in a year and a half, and it's the first – movie that I've seen in the theater with somebody that I've been in a relationship with for a year now, (laughs) over a year now. Right. Maybe that had something to do with it as well. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to think more about that, but I, yeah, I really, I just loved the adventure of it and I loved the action, especially. Um, This felt like the action in, in uh, winter soldier. Like I'll just, give you that. There was a lot of good action stuff. Yeah, no, I will definitely agree with that. Couple of CGI, like obvious CGI things that kind of pulled me out here and there. But for the most part, I really enjoyed. There's something about when Marvel really nails the the on the street, like street level heroes. Mm-hmm. There's just something about it that brings like this really cool. I don't want to say gritty because it's not gritty. It's still Marvel. It's still polished, but uh, you just feel the punches more, right? You know, and I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a protagonist that is in over their head, that they just feel like they're just barely like above water. And I really liked the feeling of her like immediately being on the run. To me, they did a good job of putting her on her heels, this character that has, you know, we've seen deal with cosmic level uh, situations and like threats. Right. Right. I just think they did a good job of putting, pushing her back on her heels and forcing her to sort of like be scrappy in this movie. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I had, do have to say, I absolutely loved uh, Florence Pugh in this. Oh my God. I that was feel crucial. Like she- yeah, I felt like she stole the show a little bit from Scarlett Johansson. Question. Yes. <laughs> do you think she stole the show or do you think it was given to her? Well, who do you mean it was given? Who do you think it was given to her by? By Kevin Feige. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> from what we know of Scarlett Johansson, she doesn't give anything to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which, yeah. which again, I mean, okay, I have, I do have issues with Scarlett Johansson. I think she's very much out of touch with reality, <laughs> yeah, I but, agree. but I do. Okay. So the two things I have problems with this is like business wise, does she need a lot more money? No, but you know, is it principles kind of, wise principles wise? Yeah, no, it was a sucky thing. Like I've seen as, as I think you posted re- renegotiate the contract. Like yes. if you're going to change the terms, renegotiate the contract. Totally and this, get you're, that. you're referencing her lawsuit that she brought to Disney because uh, her contract stipulated when she signed on for this movie that it would have a theater release only, and her um, her payment 
was largely structured on percentages based off the, the theater sales. And once they decided to simultaneously release it on their Disney Plus platform, they declined to renegotiate her contract, even though apparently her agent, you know, requested that such a thing be done as, you know, to, to sort of honor their their original contract agreement. And it was not. So basically she lost out on a bunch of money. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, do I, do, am I like boohoo Scarlett Johansson doesn't have several more million dollars? No, but from a principal standpoint and for the fact that, you know, if the, the big wigs are going to get jerked around, like imagine the smaller people who are just starting out in the industry, like yeah. you do want, you want that fairness to be mm-hmm. universal. Absolutely. So, so I do think, you know, that's a sucky situation, but then to promise her a movie for years, <laughs> years and then have her completely upstaged by the person that they're basically bringing in to replace her in her own movie i feel is just kind of like a <laughs> a huge fu like huge part of me is starting to wonder joe like do you think kevin maybe i'm i'm my dramatic ass just is like turning this into a huge soap opera but I wonder how badly Kevin Feige wants to be rid of Scarlett Johansson and Jeremy Renner. <laughs> oh, you think Jeremy Renner is also on the I think so, man. I think I think I mean he's he he's had a lot of stuff going on too. And uh he, you know, uh it just seems like with with their two follow-up projects to Endgame, you know, the Hawkeye series introducing Kate Bishop and, you know, the Black Widow movie introducing us to uh, Yelena. I just think that it's a very it's it's a very strange coincidence that <laughs> both of these projects are introducing their their. Um, you know what are they called? Their successors. The replacements. Yeah, their yeah. successors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you feel about that? Do you do you get any of that vibe at all, or no? I am starting to get it about Scarlett Johansson. I haven't <laughs> been following. I know. I know Jeremy Renner had a whole breakdown situation problem. Yeah. Um. I I feel bad for him. It sounded like there was some major family trauma. I like. I hear. I hear that. You know, he had issues, but. Um. But I think, like you posted, I did not get a chance to read the article you posted. But you posted something about how Kevin Feige was embarrassed by the lawsuit. What, like, do you remember what that article was about? Yeah, it was somebody on Twitter saying, uh, and it was hearsay. You know, I don't, I, I don't think there was a source saying that uh, Kevin Feige. Apparently, people are there. Are whispers in the industry that. He pushed also for Disney to renegotiate Scarlett's contract, that he wanted that it was his recommendation that they honor that um, based on just maintaining a positive relationship with the talent that has come in and has gone out of Marvel. Right. Well, because, I mean, I mean, he's recognizing the fact that if this is happening, like everybody else in the Marvel, uh, in the MCU franchise kind of just goes, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they all kind of brace themselves like, okay, so what does this mean for the stuff I'm working on now? Like, am I going to get dicked over too? Like, yeah. how is this going to work? Yeah. Why would you want that? Why would you want to 
you know, tarnish your pristine reputation in any way whatsoever. You know, I feel like can probably, you know, it's not as bad as when directors were leaving Marvel saying, you know, they want to micromanage everything and they're not letting us do what we want to do. Right. Right. Uh, The actors obviously are much on screen talent is much more visible, obviously. And so I can see, you know, wanting to take that approach of like, why, why even just the Disney, you have enough money as well. Like what, you know, just do this and maintain this relationship. It's over anyway. Like just, you know, do right. Um, okay. So getting to the story itself, Uh um, how did you, how were you affected by the opening in 1995 with, where we get to see young Natasha with her fam, quote unquote family. And, you know, that whole kind of brief flashback or backstory that we got at the very beginning of the movie. I thought it was a very strong opening because it felt like they were really showing how these are not people to the government that they work for. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're very much like their assets, their, their, to be controlled. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I thought it did a very effective job of kind of showing that. How about you? Yeah, I was not expecting that. And it gave me, um, <laughs> it gave me like the professional slash La Femme Nikita slash like all of those movies of like the young assassin, the young female assassin being trained, um, and I thought that was a really, really good call to sort of like, you know, set the stage for this character that we think, you know, we've seen every story and we know so well to sort of pull us into feeling like it, I, for me, it was like immediate empathy for this character. Immediately I was pulling for, for um, Natasha and, you know, felt, felt something for her character and whatever story I was about to get to see. Like I, I wanted this all resolved and it's kind of cool to feel like it made me wonder like, gosh, what, what other snippets of childhood could we see from other heroes that, you know, we don't know until they show it to us. Right. No, that's a very good point. And I just felt like at any time, not that they would do this, not that it's in the works or anything, or it would even be smart, but at any time they could bring back a character and be like, oh yeah, this happened to them, you know, three years before the formation of the Avengers or whatever. I mean, Thor is how old? (laughs) He's like 1500 years old. Like they could, someone could tell a story about Thor 500 years ago. The big thing, though, is that especially with like a character like Thor, I feel like so much character development has happened that it's like, do we really want to see him backtrack? And I think that's a little bit of, again, what I'm seeing with what how I felt about this movie is like she had such a great arc. Mm. And, and you know, she sacrificed herself for her family. Mm. And then this whole thing is about family, and it's kind of like it does set up her – um, relationship with family and why the Avengers are so important. I think I can see that if you watched it again in the timeline order, like I can see you going, oh, okay, this really does kind of spur her onto feeling the way she does in Endgame. Like this right. is the, this, and I mean, one of the things in the gay community is very much found family. 
because so many people are kind of rejected from their family. And so found family is a very much a, a big thing to uh, gay culture. Mm. So I completely like can resonate with that. Cause I've seen so many friends have to deal with the fact that, you know, we as their friends are their family because their family is just no longer in the picture right. just because of who they are. So, right. so I totally get the found family thing. I just, this, I don't know. Again, I feel like it's t- too little, too late kind of stuff. Well, okay. A couple things about that. One, um, I, I think I'm bringing a very comic book fan perspective to this movie because I just feel like when I was reading X-Men, I loved getting little snippets of like pre X-Men Charles Xavier's life or like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of like, Oh, this was when him and, you know, Magneto were still friends or whatever. And it, or like, you know, Oh, this was a, something that happened to Wolverine before he was with the X-Men and it's going to impact him now, or uh, it explains a sort of bit of his character and why certain things matter to him now that never feels to me like, and I know that movie t- movie storytelling is different than comic book storytelling, but I think I, I, you know, I'm sort of able to enjoy this story through that experience. Um, and there's, I mean, literally Thor has, the God butcher arc, which is, you know, being part of it at least is, is inspiring um, Thor love and thunder. Right. Where in that, I don't know how familiar you are with that story and I'm not going to spoil anything major, but in that story (laughs) we see, we jump around in time in regards to Thor's life. And we see a young Thor, we see a current Thor and we meet an old man Thor and we see how their personalities are different because their character development is at different stages. That's cool. And yeah, it's really fucking cool. And so to see like a young brash Thor, you know, and to see the choices that he makes compared to the Thor that we know now, like that is actually really fucking enjoyable in that story. And one of the things that I think that they, I would have liked to have seen in the Loki series that we just finished at least season one is, you know, we have a Loki that is, um, has gone through all this stuff by the time we get to end game, right. Uh-huh. Where he unfortunately, you know, spoilers has his neck crushed by Thanos. <laughs> and at that point, he's very, very far from the Loki that we met in the, in, you know, or, or that we experienced in the Avengers movie. Right. Right. Very different. Gone through all this stuff, had a change of heart, has grown, you know, is no longer just a purely sort of evil, malevolent, you know, character or presence in the story. Um, But the the Loki series, at the start of that series, we meet a Loki that has just blipped out of the, um, the Avengers 1 story. Right. And that Loki hadn't experienced all of this character, you know, development. And I was looking forward to seeing how that Loki behaved and for Tom Hiddleston to go back to that point in the character's development and see the choices that evil Loki made now that we had an evil Loki in having his own series. And instead, what do they do? 
in the first episode or the, the second episode, they spend the whole time kind of like fast forwarding his character development right, by showing right. him snippets of his own life so that we could get him to the point that he is when we witnessed him die in, in Endgame. Right. Or in Infinity War. And I was just kind of bummed out about that. I was like, okay, I get it. But like, God damn it, what a cool opportunity would have been to like go back to that version of Loki that was maybe, you know, a, not as developed as a character, but maybe more of an interesting presence because of his his lack of, you know, morals or heroic outlook or whatnot. Right. So with Scarlett Johan or with, with with Natasha in this Black Widow movie, I was kind of looking for that. I was like, okay, she learns lessons in you know, uh, Winter Soldier in in Civil War. She learns, she goes through stuff and learns lessons in Infinity War. How is she going to play in this movie with us knowing that she hasn't gone through that? And it wasn't as really pronounced as I would have wanted, but that that first kind of like childhood, you know, uh, um, story moments that we were shared, I think that kind of helped with with that. Like I that for me was like a, a pretty brilliant place to start the story. Yeah, no, I, I did think that it was a, like it, it definitely put everything in perspective as to why she, why she was the way she was and yes. how she, and how far she had come from that. It also felt like I thought it was going to take a huge suspension of disbelief to be like, Oh, she's got a family now that we never knew about. And conveniently she never mentioned it, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't bother me that much. actually. No, I thought they did a very good job of bringing in the family. And I mean, like, I don't, did you ever watch uh, the Americans? No, no, that's on oh. the list. It's on the list. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. And it's very much exactly what this is. Like oh. a family, like in, um, in the eighties, like the parents are Russian. The kids don't know what's going on mm-hmm. and they're spies. And so they do their thing during the day and then their parents at night. And it's like, it's not a wholesome, like we're all a happy family kind of thing with spy stuff. It is like, what are the ramifications of living this double life on the kids on, you know, how, how is it to live in a place like America when you're from a place like Russia and how different that is, and you're bred to like, you're, you're trained to hate mm-hmm. everything about this place that you now have to assimilate into. It's, it's very interesting. And it, it reminded me a lot of uh, the beginning of Black Widow. Okay. I definitely need to check that series out. Um, I, it was also a good setup for Yelena's character as well. Yeah. And, and they show the differences between the two personalities, right? Right away. I, I don't know. I think Yelena is just kind of my sense of humor. Like I just love, I, I think her humor is the best thing in the movie. I well, really she's feisty. Do. She's very feisty. <laughs> and Natasha's more deliberate and controlled. She's always playing the angles. Right. And, and right. Yelena is more of a blunt force object kind of. Which is funny because that's kind of how a lot of older sibling, younger sibling dynamics work is the older oh. one has had to be the more responsible one and the younger one hasn't. And so therefore the older one's a little bit more thoughtful about their actions and right. not thoughtful as in like, like they do the right thing, but they just put more thought into their actions. Right. 
and are more considered. And then the younger is just like, yeah, whatever. And then busts through whatever the situation is. So well, I thought that was the family dynamic was very well plotted out, mm-hmm. even though it was a very tropey. Yeah. It was very plotted out. Yeah. I enjoyed the tropes. Like I enjoyed yeah. the, like, Oh, this is La Femme Nikita. Oh, this is like the born identity. Oh, this is like, you know what I mean? Like, this is the James Bond. Like, I I was just digging all of that. It did feel like reconnecting with, like, really fun, familiar uh, stories. And and I didn't, that didn't, I don't know, I didn't mark down for originality as much as I marked up for, like, that, like, really cool reunion feeling, you know? Right. And I think, I think from the very beginning, I, uh, as soon as the movie was over, I said to Matt, I think this would have been like one of my favorite movies if it wasn't a Marvel movie. I think my what? standards I think for my, my standards for a Marvel movie like kind of tainted because I think it's a I think it's a well crafted movie. Well that's unfair. <laughs> you know what we call that we call that the curse of competence. Yes, yes, that, that's absolutely accurate. It's absolutely accurate. I completely agree because I think it is. I think it is well. I want to. I want to put that out there. I think it's a very well done movie. And if it was any other just regular spy movie that you're throwing out there and saying, "Hey, we're going to do a really cool spy movie," where the spy has to go back and deal with their quote unquote family and and it has nothing to do with Marvel at all, I've been like, "Hey, this is a really good spy movie." Mm. Um, I just think, you know, and maybe it is. I'm just being too hard on it because <laughs> because it is a Marvel movie or because I didn't see it in the theaters or because I'm sick when I thought. So there's a lot of there's a lot of color in my judgment on this one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It'd be I'd be super curious to do a rewatch of this movie with you a few months from now. Yeah. Maybe next year. That'd be really interesting to do. Um to give me your give me your thoughts on Taskmaster. Um <laughs> I've always really liked Taskmaster as a character. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I've always felt like there's this, like, cause the, for those of you who don't know the people uh, that the Taskmaster in the comics, he's basically the guy who trains all the henchmen. Yes. Like if somebody has henchmen, they've probably, if they're good henchmen, they're qual- like not the aim henchmen because the aim are just like comedy of errors. But most people, if they have competent henchmen they've been trained by taskmaster and he is like sometimes he's been a mutant sometimes he's not a mutant like they they haven't quite decided what he is but his superpower is is he can copy you know he is either so skilled at martial arts and that kind of thing he can copy people's uh fighting styles down to the t or it's a mutant power it's it's changed over the years right to me that's a really cool concept of this guy who's kind of cocky like he's a he's a professional killer. He's a professional killer who now trains other professional killers. And to me, taking away his agency by basically making him kind of a uh, well, again, spoilers. You know this. You know this is a spoiler episode. Um, <laughs> by taking away the agency of the character, like I definitely think story wise, it worked really well. Mm-hmm. It's a disappointment for the character because I feel like that character has so much potential. Yeah, when you said you really love that character from the comics, I thought, oh no, that's you know, that means that that makes the changes a lot harder to to swallow, right? Yeah, but there's been a lot of other changes that I've been I've had more trouble with. This one was kind of like, yeah, I like the character, but 
I see what they did story-wise. It totally makes sense. I even think the way they kind of did her eye when you take off the mask is very much like some versions of him in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think they did, they did good tribute to him, but she played, it played to the story they were telling. So it's yeah. like, I was fine with it. I was just like, eh, I would have liked to see a different past masker used in the MCU, but I, I can deal. So I think a huge difference is that in the comic books, the Taskmaster, he can uh, he can mimic. He has photographic memory when it comes to reflex or photographic reflexes, right. and so he can immediately copy others' fighting skills just from seeing them. And uh, in the movie, it's more like a program sort of thing, right? And so that led me to wonder: in the comic books, was that a superpower? or just an inherent ability? It's been both. Well, I consulted the magic eight ball that is the internet, that is the Google <laughs> search. And apparently, and I never knew this, it is a result of a version of the super soldier serum. That is that is one version of it, but he has also been a mutant. He has also been, like, they've retconned him so many times. He's been a mutant? What? He's been a mutant. Like, there was there was a no. time where it was being blamed on, like, he, it was it was being listed as a, a mutant power. No way. Yeah. Okay, this says, during a mission, he found an elderly scientist shot in the chest and slowly dying, of course, as elderly scientists do. Uh, before the scientist died, he gave him he gave Taskmaster a syringe containing an experimental Nazi version of the super soldier serum to enhance the abilities gained through his photographic reflexes. Oh, so he already had his photographic reflexes, and he's in, he his abilities were enhanced through the super soldier serum. Okay, right, yeah, and so some in some in some versions he is a mutant, in some he's just really good at what he does. And so the training is kind of what develops those photographic reflexes that mm. it's a skill. It's not so much a, a power. Okay. Like he, he's been all over. They've retconned him so many times. I mean, I not feel, as many as some, but like he's, he's, he's up there in the number of retcons he's had. I feel like there was a number of attempts to like psych the audience out in this movie. And uh, I did catch a couple of them. Like uh, at the very beginning, after we wrap up the childhood flashback, we see Natasha kind of trying to like be on the run and she's talking to the, uh, to Ross, to uh, Thunderbolt Ross, who's on her. We think he's hot on her heels and I'm like, Oh, she's not even there. Like she's right. Right. Else. Right. And, and that was, you know, the reveal. I also had a feeling from the commercials and from the trailer that taskmaster was going to be female. And that was, that was true. That, that turned out to be true as well. Right. Um, I was surprised by the reveal at the end that, um, oh, what's her name? The mother of the family. Melena. Melena, that she's, that she's still working with, um, the, the, the red room. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But then she like has a change of heart so quickly <laughs> that caught me off guard, but I think it's just because I, I don't feel like they, they gave that it's proper due that character shift. No, I, I do think that that was a, like I understood the character motivation for changing, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't well projected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. 
Um, I also wish that they had shown us where the antidote came from. The red dust. Right, 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 that right. That just sort of exists at the beginning of the movie. I thought it was a really cool scene where we don't really know what's going on yet. We don't know who's a villain, who to root for. And we see this one Black Widow sort of on the run, and she's being chased by other Black Widows. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but this is cool as shit. And then um, she sprays Yelena before she dies. And that's, that's when things start to fall into place. Like, oh, shit. Like, okay, she's, like, releasing her from the mind control of the Red Room. I thought that was all really fucking cool, but I wish yeah. I thought we were going to learn where, where does that dust come from? Like, that's a pretty huge MacGuffin or whatever <laughs> to just sort of like introduce. And then we don't see the backstory of that whatsoever. Right. Well, maybe it's something that we're going to see in like Hawkeye or something. Oh fuck. That would be so cool. That was, they the gotta tie it. They got like, they, they leave these stuff, the, the stuff that they leave open, they tend to tie up. Later. Yeah, that's point. true. But like, you know, also <laughs> don't just do the thing where you leave dangling plot lines just because, you know, like right, tell right. tell a complete story, you know? Okay, so I've got two questions for you. Two big yeah. controversies about this movie. The first, okay. how do you feel about David Harbour's Red Guardian? Oh, um, I thought he was great. I I originally when I heard that this character was gonna be in this movie. I was kind of excited to see like a cap level character in terms of like abilities and like persona. Um, but then, you know, just because I, I think David Harbour is so likable and, and so fun to watch, uh-huh. I realized that it was way more interesting to get a like over the hill past their prime cap. character. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did, but um, I liked his sort of like oafish dumb play on the character, but I, it, it was a little bit jarring from the beginning of the movie to see kind of how he was kind of buffoonish. I, I don't know if does prison do that to him. I don't, I don't know what it was, but I think it was a little bit heavy on the like, you know, sort of slapsticky, buffoonish, sort of like he's always confused kind of character that he played. Right. Um, like a lot of people, a lot of people struggled with that character. Like oh. That was one of the things I saw a lot of reviews who were like, I, we saw just somebody said, I don't remember what review it was, but they said, like, we got just under the, the, tolerance level for them of, <laughs> of Alexi and because the, if it had gone any further they would have been like yeah I'm, I'm out I could see that I could did, did he annoy you he didn't annoy me I saw what they were doing with him though like he was very much the bumbling he he was Homer Simpson right right yeah. but he didn't start out as Homer Simpson though no he didn't start out as Homer Simpson but I think I think <laughs> as we get older and our <laughs> And as our parents, as our parents start getting older, we do tend to see, you know, dad God, reminiscing a little bit more about the olden times and his prime. And so I thought it was a very kind of realistic place to go with that character. Like he was promised a lot and it didn't pay off. So he's trying to relive the glory days that he did have. Yeah. You know, so I saw what they were doing with the character. Yeah. And and the reason why he became Homer Simpson. 
I'll say, you know, I was really expecting some some epic deaths for some of these characters. And I was I'm I'm honestly hoping they come back. Like I would like this this movie, if they bring these characters back, I mean, we know we know we've got Yelena. Like Yelena's gonna be part of the Dark Avengers and then hopefully at some point it's gonna flip sides and we're gonna I think I think most people on the Dark Avengers are gonna flip sides because most of these characters have been heroes or anti-heroes at some point. Yeah. But like when you have the big epic battle at the end of whichever Avengers movie is the the next phase of and you know the next version of Endgame, I want these characters to show up again. I want I want moments with them again. Oh, I kind of don't. You don't? I know that kind of contradicts what I was saying about like enjoying this movie as like a past, you know, adventure for this character whose story, you know, is wrapped up. But I I think that some of these characters are are fine as one-offs. Like I don't maybe somebody could bring, you know, new complexity to you know, this uh um the Red Guardian. Um but like do we need do we need that? Like there's like so many great characters. Well, but I mean like like how many of us re- like I think we said this in our end game review or I said it in the end game review that I never realized how badly I wanted Valkyrie on a Pegasus flying through a battlefield until I saw it. Right. And I feel like that's what you get with those, these characters. You're not, I don't, I'm not expecting big, long story arcs with these characters. I'm expecting when we do a big battle again for these right. guys to join the fray so we can see like that little relationship, the little wink and nod to, hey, you know, we, some of you really like these characters, so we're going to throw them into the battle. Like, that's all I want. You know what? God damn you, Joe. (laughs) You fucking, you painted a picture. And now I'm dying to see U.S. agents comeuppance come at the hands of the Red Guardian. Holy shit, Ray. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) How are you? Are you Captain America? No, I'm U.S. Agent. Close enough. Yup. Let the ass whipping begin. Yup. Yes. How dope would that fucking be? Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> you fucking okay, so- put that thought in my head, man. <laughs> well, then you like see. This is why I love these conversations. Is because I'll go. I'll go so far. You'll take it a little further, and then we both walk away going, "Oh man, this has got to happen." <laughs> it's gotta happen. That's gotta happen. Um. Okay. So the other thing is, how did you feel about the handling of Budapest? because uh, that's the other big controversy. Is that oh, a lot really? Of are I like, didn't know about these controversies. What's the controversy? Tell me. Like, like. Maybe not a controversy, but people who are complaining about stuff. Like one was uh, David Harbor was just barely tolerable, <laughs> and then and then the other one that I heard a lot of in reviews was that we wanted Budapest. We didn't want a quick reference to Budapest. Now that we know what it is, yes, I can. I can totally. I totally uh, uh, empathize with that point of view. Yes, for sure. I agree. Especially when she was like, yeah, me and Clint hung out here for days. I'm like, I want, I want, I want to see you hang out in the pipes above the the ceiling for days. Like that would be hilarious. They couldn't get Renner for this. Like what? 
Well, at, at that point, like, why add another flashback? <laughs> you know? I'm like, I could get Renner for a fucking birthday party this week. And no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Poor um, Jeremy Renner. But, I mean, here's the thing, though, Joe. I guess my question of they couldn't get Renner for this, I don't mean as a flashback. I mean, when they were brainstorming this plot and this movie, why said it when they did where Budapest was still in in the past? Why not? fucking set it at you know build a story around that or or maybe have that open the fucking film you know what i mean and get a cool right. hawkeye cameo for the first five ten minutes of the film right but that's that's not the story they wanted to tell they didn't want to tell budapest so they just referenced it Ref- referenced <laughs> nice budapest <laughs> reference um yeah i can totally see people i I'm not somebody who wanted necessarily to see the Budapest thing. I I, I thought it was funny as a recurring kind of joke. Right. Um, but if you were going like, cool, fuck, like I could totally see people saying, all right, we're going to get that and and not. Yeah, that would totally piss me off. Absolutely. Yeah. I did think that the, the, I do feel like the payoff of what Budapest was, was a big, like I felt like, okay, I can, I can weigh that in as if that's her ledger. If that's the red in her ledger, I I can buy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I liked that, and I like that they paid that off. To me, that's way more important part of her character to pay off than some recurring joke about Budapest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I like the way they tied that into the Taskmaster and to uh, Drakov. Like, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Drakov's just a dick <laughs> they got the right guy to play him yeah because he's fucking excellent oh god what's that motherfucker's name Rand- no yes ray winstone man i love watching that guy and uh yeah he's he's the worst um and i'm glad that he was blown up okay so who in the hell is mason mason yeah is that the dude that helps her? The the the, the yeah, gopher? that's her like supplier. Like, who is he? Yeah, is he a comic I, book character? Or do they just throw him in? Uh, I don't think he's a comic book character, but I mean, who knows? With Marvel, there's always, you know, Mason to the eight ball. Mar- yes, let's consult the eight ball. Rick Mason, Earth six one six. The agent. Oh yeah, he's a character from the comics. He's called the agent. Um. The agent. Yeah, I thought that the way they introduced that character at the beginning was a setup. And then I was, I don't want to say disappointed, but I was kind of surprised by the choice they made to just go nowhere with that character. Yeah. And I like the actor, too. I've seen him in other stuff. Okay. Um, But it just seemed like there was a big, this is going to matter later. I never thought that he was Taskmaster, which some people were theorizing. Yeah, no, I didn't. No, that didn't. That didn't occur to me. I know. I know it was a big theory out there, but that was. I thought. I thought he was going to be a scroll. You thought he was going to be a scroll? Yeah, I just thought just fucking scrolls everywhere. Just everyone turns out to be a scroll now. Okay, total total tangent is is <laughs> um, is Val going to end up being a scroll? Oh yeah, I've seen that theory kind of thrown out there. Because she uh, was the first. She, that character was the one that that tipped Nick Fury off to the fact that there was a Skrull invasion in in Secret Invasion. Shut up! Are you serious? Yeah. 
Oh, that's so fucking cool. I did not know that. Um, fun, fun fact, <laughs> go back to our last episode, if you feel like it. And um, at some point in the episode, I don't think we were, we were wrapping up Loki, but we were talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, we were looking ahead. It was towards the end of the episode. And I was talking about Val and I, you, I almost, almost spoiled the, uh, the stinger for Black Widow, which you had not uh-huh. seen yet at that point. Right? No, I'd seen it at the end of like, cause I honestly thought our last episode was going to be Black Widow. <laughs> okay. Then it was before that. It was before that. Okay. Whatever episode we recorded before that, I almost spoiled the end, the stinger for Black Widow. And I was like, Val is like recruiting Yelena and recruit. And I like had to stop myself. And I was like, oh shit, I don't think Joe's seen Black Widow yet. Yeah. No. That one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like stingers out of everything are the least spoilery. Like, really? Oh man! Because they don't they 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 spoil going ahead of the movie. They don't spoil the movie itself. I want to know nothing. I despise spoilers. <laughs> I want to know nothing. Don't even give me your impression because that starts to set up an expectation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's the only way I can enjoy a movie is when I have no expectations whatsoever. What is this called? I've never, what? Let's just, (laughs) we've never talked about this ever. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like, um, this movie did, did Natasha justice? How so? Just like, you know, the way they wrapped up this story, the epic ending, like free falling through the sky for like 15, 20 minutes, which is totally not believable. Um, and, and the way they sort of, resolved all of the plot threads like you know yelena's uh what she goes on to do how the the red room is sort of finally you know abolished and and the black widows almost sort of form like a family like a found their own found family right uh-huh, uh-huh. um I, and see i i don't feel like it has to do her justice that you know what i mean like i feel like she's ha- that that that's my biggest problem with the movie is that she had such an epic conclusion before that. And, and again, I, and this is horrible to say, cause I don't want to take away a female driven superhero movie. That that's not my intention, but as far as does this do black widow justice? Yeah. I think the character did, she played her part very well. I think the character was consistent with the rest of the movies. Like I said, if I think if you put this right after um, Winter Soldier or Civil War, if you put this right after Civil War, I think it'll be a good transition into the next movie. Like, I think it fits. I just, I question why we needed it. Except for, except for the fact that we'd promised it to her a long time ago. I, I right. miss why we needed it now because the character had such a good ending before Mm -hmm. that i feel like anything beyond that can't quite compare yeah it's i mean it was an interesting choice to even promise this film to begin with because i think you know in the avengers you have the big three which are cap iron man and thor and if we're looking at, you know, the, the comic books and the stories and the lore and, and everything there, it makes sense that those three characters would get multiple solo films. Right. Uh, Hawkeye didn't get a solo film. Hulk no. didn't get one in the MCU. I mean, you know, 
kind of more or less, but everyone kind of recognizes that as a mistake. Um, so uh, I, I, is it? Cause I feel at this point, like let's never have a solo Hulk movie ever again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ever again. Let's just like, he's so much better with other characters. Yeah. And it's going to be curious going forward to see which characters Marvel decides, you know, warrant their own solo films. I mean, the next solo film we get is Shang-Chi, isn't it? Oh, man, I can't wait for that fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But I feel like, I mean, Eternals is going to be a whole bunch of people. That's right. Um, Spider-Man, he's not solo. That's a solo I mean, movie. That's a solo movie. Is it? Because there's a lot of, there are a lot of other characters showing up. <laughs> well, sure. But if we're counting Captain America, you know, part three, Civil War is a solo cat movie, then, you know, there's a lot of characters there too. See, I would uh, call it a solo cat movie. I feel oh, like, I feel like if you're talking about movies where the person is kind of like standalone, I think Iron Man does those a lot because it's, it's, um, What's his face? Robert Downey Jr. Mm. But I don't, I think, I think even Captain America's movies were good because they weren't solo films. Damn. So that's, it's going to be just like the comics. It's like you're introducing a new character with a number one issue, throw Spider-Man in there, throw a guest star in there. Honestly. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I, that's what I expect with She-Hulk. I think I cannot wait. Right. But I mean, I think that's the next time we're going to see the Hulk, and I'm like, that makes yeah. me excited even more to see the the show. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay, we're gonna have to fight about this some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta start rolling it down because I've got I gotta go to dinner. Um. Yeah. So okay, I can. Mm, I just think that you know, with Natasha's character, I mean a bummer that we only got one female uh, character in the Avengers, you know, in, in, in the first three phases as part of the Avengers uh, or original Avengers, I should say, um, because of course we got, Hey buddy, sorry, my cat's just deciding to walk all of, Oh, it's dinner time. That's why. <laughs> um, but I think that it was strategic and I think her personality compared to Yelena's is also strategic because when you're in a group with Tony Stark, you know, you, you can't have everyone be that, like, big, brash personality. Right. Yelena isn't encumbered by that. Right? She, the, can, go ahead. she can She can be more of a presence and more of a force and, and funny or more sarcastic because, you know, she's not going to be on an Avengers roster next to Robert Downey Jr. Right. I, I don't remember if it was an R Slack channel or if it was just on the internet itself, but... I am so looking forward to a Yelena Spider-Man moment. Like those, <laughs> those two characters are just going to glow together. Yeah. Yeah. Yelena is going to be great with a lot of characters, I think. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, out of, out of everything in this movie, and this is, again, this is a little bit why I feel bad for the character of Black Widow, because I feel like it, it ended up not being about – her it ended up being about this group of people yes she was a major player in it but i feel like she did get kind of overshadowed by elena's character which was amazing Mm -hmm. and you know it just so when you ask did it do her justice it's like i don't feel like it had to because she already had a huge moment yeah she did yeah and i i always 
suspected that you know they don't marvel doesn't fuck around with these stories if they're putting something out all of their stories are doing a ton of heavy lifting now right so i knew that it would be introducing something going forward not just kind of keeping the spotlight on natasha yeah and i mean and and i guess because we heard about this movie for so long and it was supposed to be a black widow movie i think that's a little bit of the disappointment is that by the time we get to the black movie the black widow movie it's not relevant it's not as relevant as it should have been yeah yeah well i think they definitely learned from their mistakes on this Mm -hmm. and uh we're going to be seeing a lot more female characters given their due yeah i cannot wait until marvels (laughs) did you see the 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 display reveal today for for miss marvel no oh yeah that was released today with the official costume and the power set is a controversy as well Oh, really? Why? Because she has, like, embiggening powers, right? In the comics, like, uh-huh. elasticity, like, that's not, it doesn't look like that's where they're going with this. Really? Yeah. So, check that out. Look for it. In, I'll post it in the Slack. And, yeah, please uh, do. Yeah, let us know what you think. No, that's going to make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's all about the embiggening. That's like, she's coined yep. the phrase. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, I trust them. I trust them. Just keep trust. Just keep the trust. Any more thoughts on Black Widow, Joe? Uh, no, but how about you? Any more thoughts that we didn't cover? No, I'm super excited to see more of Elena, which I think mission accomplished for this movie. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I don't hate the movie. I think, I think it was a very well done movie. I just, I, I think it's a better movie than a Marvel movie. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and as you said, the the burden of competence. All right. The curse, the curse of the curse of competence. Thank it's you. alliteration there, Joe. Come on. <laughs> I'm tired and sick. <laughs> yeah, no, now's, now's my chance to dunk on the English teacher. <laughs> Let me do it. This is, this is all I'm gonna get. Uh, I stopped being an English teacher though. <laughs> my skills are rusty. God, Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna make you like it. <laughs> you got a all shout right. out because I sure don't. Um, I do have a shout out to all the teachers that I'm working with and all the teachers out there that are are going back this this week and the next couple of weeks. You know, just kind of throw them good vibes because we're we're not in we're not in safe working conditions right now. Jeez, seriously, <laughs> really, you're not. So, so my shout out would be as we go back. You know, the the teachers in your life, give them a little. A little extra left because mm-hmm. they're, they're going to need it. Yeah. If you give them an apple, make sure to wash it first. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music as by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, the geek to geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, and Sometimes Rob. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bamashox, and Troidal Power, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you would like to contact Joe, Joe, where can they find you? 
Uh, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grace. Thank you for the save, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on social media platforms, especially Twitter and Instagram, although I'm on Facebook sometimes too, at Ray Vargas 3 And if you want to check out my artwork, you can go to RayVargas3.com. And do it. He's a really good artist. Oh. <laughs> All right, man. I am uh, glad we got to do this. Thank you for being patient with me and yeah, not man. being at <laughs> 100%. But uh, I am very much looking forward to Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. And until then, remember this week, keep it geek. <laughs>